1: Welcome to Dr. Mara Carpel and your golden years this evening and every Sunday evening 5 p.m. Central Time and at 6 p.m. Eastern Time right here on blogtalkradio.com and on DrMaricarPel.com. and today is Sunday January the 8th 2023 and it's our first live show in 2023 so happy new year everyone. And I'm psychologist Dr. Mara Karpel, and we are here in Austin, Texas, ready for another great program. Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here to make it run smoothly as usual, of course. And in a little while after the break, we'll be joined once again by meditation teacher, author of 30 books, weekly contributor to Medium life coach and host of the new podcast, Coaching Nuggets and Insights, Good John Bergman. Sujan helped us to close out 2022. Uh, he was the guest on our last show of the year, and this time he's here to help us to bring in a more peaceful and inspired 2023. We'll also be joined by the twins, Minerva and Ruben, from the Bay of Banderas, Mexico, to talk about another Mexico travel destination. And along the way, I'll talk about some tips for getting back on track in 2023 when, when you might have felt that you got off your path of passion. And I'm also going to give some caregiver tips this new normal that we have found ourselves in three years after the onset of COVID. After the show, you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website, and the link to the podcast will be posted later tonight, along with any website links that are given by my guests on the program. And you can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends. By going directly to blog Talk, radio, B-L-O-G, talk slash your golden Years, and you'll also be able to hear the podcast on Apple Podcasts. For information from previous programs, to listen to previous programs, going all the way back to when it started to hear a blog Talk radio uh, nine years ago. Go to drmaricarpel.com. You can also hear all of those episodes on blogtalkradio.com/slash-your-golden-years, and you can hear them on Apple Podcasts. And for information about upcoming programs and other events, follow me on Facebook, Dr. Maricarpel, Your Golden Years. This show is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions and sponsored by a Mighty Good All right. So wondering what to do with your free time these days? And you're over fifty? Go to amightygoodtime.com. It's free to search, free to post, and much more. Whether it's in person or virtual, anything can be found to fill your day connecting with other people. So be more active, start connecting again socially, either virtually or in person, by going to amightygoodtime.com. That's amightygoodtime.com. Okay. Okay. We're going to take a brief break so that we can play a few of our other sponsors' commercials. But don't go anywhere. It'll be very brief. And when we come back, we'll be speaking with Good John Berkman about how to bring in a more peaceful and inspired 2023. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: Super psychologist Dr. Mara Karpel will be back after words from our sponsors. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed services or supplies you never received. There are three easy things you can do to prevent fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy. Protect your personal information. And look for any suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or call your local Medicare SHIP program at 1-800-252-9240. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com.
2: And
1: we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com. And on DrMeraKarpel.com. And now joining us once again from here in Austin, Texas, we have meditation teacher, author of over 30 books, weekly contributor to Medium, life coach, and host of the new podcast, Coaching Nuggets and Insight, Good John Bergman. Welcome, Good John. Welcome back.
3: Thank you, Dr. Mara. Happy New Year. I'm glad to be back.
1: Happy New Year to you. You helped us close out 2022. You were on our last episode of last year, and now you have the honor of being on our first episode in this new year, 2023. So Happy to be here. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for helping us start it off on the right foot. (laughs) So, you know, let's, let's continue with last year's discussion. Um, the last time we spoke, um, we were talking about you, you helped us to, to find inner peace during this very noisy time. Um, so I'd like to begin the year by discussing ways of finding peace and remaining on this peaceful path in this coming year. And um, I know one of the big issues that kind of block people from doing that is that they have these huge resolutions that they make and break usually within the first week. Um, And and you wrote a great blog about that. Um, Can you talk about how to set resolutions or unresolutions for for, yeah, uh, um, what we
3: really yeah. want to accomplish. Yeah, so so the idea is pretty simple here uh, with with this uh, article I wrote between Christmas and New Year, it is that um, most people fail with their Christmas, with their New Year's resolutions. They they um, have you know, it's it's mild disappointment by now <laughs> because uh-huh. you know it used to be right. devastating, but but now they're kind of like yeah, I kind of knew. <laughs> that this was not going to work. So anyway, I tried, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't really, you know. Uh, so so the New Year's resolutions kind of fall into that category. Uh, last year, I wrote an article about some things call, called intention goals. And what I really like about intention goals is that they are not outcome-oriented. They are intention-oriented. So it's more about what you put in, and then you can do certain things to um, you know, uh, help you do those things. So, so the actions can change, although the intention remains the same. Uh, and what I find is that instead of going for these big, measurable goals, and look, I'm not knocking them. I like, you know, in my mind, there are three types of goals. There's an objective goal that has a definite outcome. There's a habit goal where you create a habit. And there are these intention goals. And all of them have their place in our lives, but because of this new year's resolution curse, so to speak, is that people right. put way too much emphasis on um, you know, trying to start something new. Like I used to do smoking cessation seminars uh, for over 10 mm-hmm. years and I helped people to quit smoking. And I said, there's only one bad day to quit smoking out of the year. And that's the first of January. <laughs> Right. Uh, because, there's, you know, it's just not a good day to quit smoking. I mean, um, and the reason is that the same kind of curse is anything we decide, usually with short notice, usually, uh, oh, because, oh, yeah, let's make some resolutions. Um, right. It has this curse on it, right? So what I'm offering instead is um, something you can do on a daily basis, something you can do. Um, really, on a situational basis, you can you can have different intention goals for different situations that you work through uh, throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month. And what I like about this is that any time that you are mindful and put the intention into an action, you've succeeded. That was the intention, right? So, uh-huh. so it's setting people up for success, because it's not about a definite outcome, it's about the input. So let me give you a few examples. First of Mm -hmm. all, this works by using a very simple STEM. So the STEM intention goal is to, and then you insert intention or value uh, in a certain situation, uh, I will, and then you list the actions that you want to take. And so because you wanted to talk about more peace, mindfulness, uh, you know, moments of, of clarity uh, for the new year. Then let's say mm-hmm. that our goal is more mindfulness, right? That's the intention we want to put into these things. And so the goal would be to be more mindful. In uh, let's name a situation at work today. I will, and then you list all of the things you can do to be more mindful at work. Then. When you come home and you want to be with your partner, you say, to be more mindful with my partner tonight, I will. And then you list all the actions you can do, and then you do those. And what's great about this is that those are not going to be the same actions. Like You're not going to do the same things being mindful at work or being mindful uh, with your partner or being mindful with your kids, or being mindful as you go climbing or as you go swimming. Uh, and, but, but the intention remains the same, but the actions change. And what I've found is great about this. So I was helping uh, an older gentleman last year in a transition that most people make at some point in their life. is a transition from working to retirement.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And he was used to being very, very busy. And he found purpose in his busyness. And he said, right now, I'm not really enjoying being busy because I just can't see the purpose in it. But but still, that's the only way I know how to live. I don't need the money, but I still do these business things. um, And I really don't know, you know, how how to change my behavior here so that I feel more fulfilled. So what we did was we looked through everything that he did, and we looked for the values that were important to him. Um, So there were anything Mm. from having moments of peace to uh, winning to, uh, you know, feeling uh, elated, seeing, having surprise. Those were different things that were important to him. And then we chose kind of the top five, top ten of those values and said, okay, now, as you go through your day, see if you can put that same intention into just different actions, into different situations. And that way, over a a period of of two, three months, he found tremendous uh, value in just putting the old intention that he had to extract from business or from being busy So he just Mm -hmm. put different intention into the card game with his friends, or he put different intention into uh, going fishing, or he put different intention into his woodworking. And he found it much more enjoyable because they were supporting his values. So I find that that doing these intention goals, it doesn't have to be mindfulness for everybody. It can be compassion. It can be empathy. It can be uh, adventure. Like to be more, mm-hmm. to, to feel more adventurous as I go on this hike today, uh, I will, and then you list all the things. I will look for something new. I, you know, I will skip uh, on the stones. I will mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, smile more. Mm-hmm. I will shout at the top of my lungs when I stand on the top of the hill. Uh, you know, but, but that's really limited to your imagination, what the actions are. So the most important thing is the intention mm -hmm. and then the situation. And then you say, okay, here are all the things that I could possibly do that will support my intention. So
1: the two things that are jumping out at me (laughs) are that setting intentions are are really from moment to moment and day to day rather than this is what I intend for the year as a resolution would be that. And, and the second thing that is jumping out at me is that the intention is more about uh, a feeling or, you know, like the, the whole reason that we do these things,
2: right?
3: The reason that we. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the intention cannot be to make this person like me more. (laughs) <laughs> you know, right. Uh right. I will because you can't make these kinds of goals for other people. However, to create to to be more relational today in my meeting with XYZ, I will, you know, and then I can put my best foot forward. But that's really what this, this intention goal is about. It's about being more mindful and intentional in different situations. And this mm-hmm. is on the go kind of intention goal setting. Uh, I worked with another woman last year who wanted to be more compassionate. She works as a social worker. She finds herself often getting overwhelmed and irritated uh, and wanted to kind of get back to her feeling of compassion, the reason why she got uh, Mm. attracted to social work in the the beginning. And so she created these um, trigger points when I touch the uh, doorknob to the office I'm going into, I'll set an intention goal. Uh, when I sit in my car, I'll set an intention goal. When I'm mm-hmm. brushing my teeth, I, uh, you know. So it can be even simple to be more thankful at this moment. I will. And then you list all the things you are thankful for. Or, you know, I will think about all the things that I'm thankful for for today. I mean, it can right. be that simple. And, and, but, but the intention, look, if you do this three, four times a day and you meet the intention, most of the time, you feel immediate success in setting these goals, uh, which is, again, this feeling that eludes a lot of people because they're setting goals. They're, look, a lot of people are just setting the same goal over and over again when it comes to the New Year's resolutions, aren't they?
2: Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's right.
3: – it's health, spend more time with family, stress, you know, get more money. And, and usually people, again, they, they set the bar either too high or, or, or have the same goal that they know they have not been able to do for however many years. And, again, it just leads to this mild disappointment. Mm-hmm. But setting intention goals leads to immediate feelings of gratification.
1: Well it sounds like, like I, they also they also look at the the intentions. Sound like they look at the whole reason why you want to set those goals in the first place, right? Yeah. Like I want to you know how you want to feel. I want to feel more purposeful like you said. Um yeah. I want to right. Yeah, absolutely and, to
3: have a, a a stronger sense of purpose as I uh, you know Write this article, I will, and then right. I list all the things that I do, but but that is just reminding me to focus on the sense of purpose I mean, This is really about reminders of values, of uh, things that matter a lot to us, and, and that's what I work with uh, this man who was going into retirement is you know what are your values, and what are many different ways? of fulfilling those same values that you used to only mm-hmm. get out of work because you had to work, right? It was not an option right. whether or not you were working. But now that you have the choice, what are, what are different ways of, of achieving those same things, but just in different situations? And it's amazing how creative people can get when they're given the opportunity to uh, come up with, you know, actions on the fly, things that they can do. Like if mm-hmm. I asked you, you know, if you go into a situation with an old, uh, older person, you say to be more compassionate with this older person for this hour, I will. You would immediately come up with a list of things you could do. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the mind is supremely solution-oriented on the go. We're always looking for ways to, to do things better, make things better, all those things. So this is really just giving the mind an opportunity to do what it does well.
1: Right. And set a set a map for ourselves. Yeah. And really we're setting a guide guide for ourselves. And um you know, one of the things that I'm thinking about when I you know, when I hear you talk about this is that a lot of times when we set goals, you know, for the future Um, and this is even something that I talk about in terms of like following your passion, following your dreams. We don't necessarily achieve exactly what we set out to do. As hard as we try, we may never get there. But that doesn't mean that along the way we don't, we can't feel joy and satisfaction. And it's from, from the journey. And it sounds like this is a really great way of, of setting it up that you can achieve what you're really looking for underneath those goals, whether or not you achieve the goal or not, you know, whether or not you achieve that
3: goal. Oh, this is absolutely focused on the journey. I mean, one of my favorite quotes from Earl Nightingale is that, that happiness is the continuous realization of a worthy ideal or goal, which really just means it's the journey, not the destination, Right. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and and this is all about the journey. This is all about putting more intention into you know. You you can do this with mundane tasks. I mean, this could be part of your approach to to uh, uh, Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi's idea of flow of being in flow on a flow state. You can put more intention to to uh, be in a state of flow while I while I. Um, mm-hmm. Package this lunch for my kids. I will, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. So, and and you could read Not Hans poetry. Mm-hmm. It's Not Hans poetry is you know is all about being in the moment with intention. You know, right. I, I sit in the car. I know where I'm going. It's one of my favorite little poems. I sit in the car. I know where I'm going. And he says, that's just simply. It has an intention. You, you don't waste resources and you, and you have intention as you move in the world.
2: <laughs> right.
3: And, right. And, you, and you can do, do that with, with just about anything. Uh, but it's settling into the moment, but with intention. Um, one woman I spoke to earlier this week, uh, her intention goal really, she said for the years, just more empathy. She said she, she has found with the, um, the, the divisiveness and the discourse that she has found herself reacting more and more mm-hmm. uh, angrily. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and she has become more judgmental as a, as a result. Uh, and she doesn't like that. She said, you know, I'm, I'm not really built for a lot of confrontation and I have a hard time. Uh, dealing with that. Uh, So for me, the intention is just to go into things and to have more empathy in this situation. I will. And then it can be simple. Take a deep breath. Listen before I respond. Um, Really try to understand what the other person is saying. Go, you know, uh, put myself in other people's shoes that way. Uh, You know, think about times in my life where I experienced something similar, uh, think about when I've been judgmental, and, and so on and so forth. But these are different things. Like she says, like, it's different when I talk to my daughters or when I talk to somebody at work or when I talk to somebody I disagree with at church. These, those are all different things I need to do to achieve the same goal, intention goal, of feel, feeling more empathy. So it's not. So, mm-hmm. so that's the great thing. It, it's not a one-size-fit-all blanket, and, and what you do today to feel more empathy, you may not do tomorrow. You may, you may find some other way of experiencing more empathy or in a different situation. And so it's allowing yourself also to be creative. Uh, and I find that that is also a flow state, a mindful mm-hmm. state of being creative uh, instead of trying, all you know, so, yes, your goal would always be empathy or mindfulness or compassion or joy or adventure or, so, or some other value, something that you value a lot. Uh, but your way of achieving that can can change from day to right. day, moment to moment. Right.
1: So you brought up the the idea of empathy, and so that, that brings me to another blog that you wrote about how we are sometimes too hard on ourselves. Um and it's when to be hard on yourself and when to take it easy.
3: Um, can you talk about that? It's just a simple idea. You know, everybody nods in agreement when you say people are too hard on themselves, usually. <laughs> everybody. Uh-huh. Says, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I know that. I know that feeling being, being too hard on myself. Uh, but I find that, that people – if they would flip around two things, it would make their lives so much better. Right. So people are hard on themselves emotionally. Um, my wife was reading a, a book on self-compassion this morning, and we had another discussion about this, the importance of talking to yourself like you would to a friend, because you talk right. much worse to yourself than you ever would to a friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Absolutely. people are too hard on themselves emotionally. Uh, but at the same time, people can be soft on themselves physically. Mm. Whereas if you mm. would flip those two things, th- that is, be hard on yourself physically, do the things that you say you're going to do with exercise, with diet, with sleep routines and all those things, but be softer on yourself emotionally, you know, give yourself mm. a break emotionally, <laughs> not bash yourself for every little mistake uh, that you make, that would you know, be a great shift because a lot of people to them, they bash themselves emotionally and then as a reward for feeling bad emotionally, they don't go out to exercise or they eat another right,
2: or they, mm-hmm. <laughs> you
3: know?
2: Right. No.
3: Right. Yeah. And whereas if you, if you do the little things physically and then you take it easy on yourself emotionally, uh, that is, is a totally different life as a result of that little shift uh but you know so if you if you if you're going to be hard on yourself in any way do that physically and if you're going to take it easy on yourself take it easy on yourself emotionally everybody's you know having a hard time you included well, and, and and speak to yourself as you would a friend i mean that it's, it's a really really important concept
1: you just you just Gave the formula for living a more joyful life. <laughs> we we need to do <laughs> we need to do certain things physically. You know, our diet is really important. Exercise is really important. Getting enough sleep. Those are really you know basic basic uh, parts of the formula. But then we also need to, as you said, take it easy on ourselves and stop. Bashing ourselves because that's what makes us miserable, um, as well as well as you know yeah. blood sugar
3: highs and not getting enough sleep. <laughs> exactly. Well, but I also wrote another article just this week about how we a way one way in which we can do this is people they get stuck in a loop of I should have done this I should have done that. That's a way of emotional bashing that a lot of people do. And. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about what you should have done, you, you really are wishing for a better past. You're thinking, oh, if I would have only done this, if I would have only done that, I should have done this, I should have done that. Um, and the only thing that's left for your mind to do is to make you feel bad because you can't change the past and there's no other solution. So, okay, if we're going down this rabbit hole, let's let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and right. just, you know, like Tony Robbins says, just should all over ourselves. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and so, but people get stuck there. They get stuck in the loop. So uh, I use this for myself. I help others, some of my clients do the same thing. It's shifting from should to next time. Because uh, the next time mm-hmm. you can start focusing on solutions. You can start focusing on things you can do right now to do better next time. And next time is actually something you can change. Past isn't something you can't change. The only response to focusing on the past is blaming and shaming. I should have done this. I should have done that. I'm so stupid. I, why did I say that? Why did I think that? Why did I feel that? Uh, you know, why, did, why Why wasn't I better prepared? All those things. Mm-hmm. So instead, I suggest, no, okay, I wasn't well prepared. Next time, I'll be better prepared.
1: Right. So we can I put,
3: use the...
1: I put my... go on. Oh,
3: sorry. Yeah. No, no. Sorry. sorry. Next time – last – you know, I, I put my foot in my mouth. Next time I'll, I'll I'll, speak slower. I'll think before I speak. Right. You know, so it, it gives you something to prepare for. And so this, this is a part of taking it easy on yourself emotionally is to say, you know what? The past, I just – I can't change it. There's, you know, it's just – there's no way – it's it's over and done with but what i can affect is the future because i have focus in the present moment so my intention for next time is to do this this way for next time this way and and right. uh, i've helped a lot of people create this trigger that every time they think or say i should have they get a reminder in their head they, the bell goes off go no no next time <laughs> right next time
1: well well you know. we can use the past to learn to learn oh, from and yeah. and to to figure out what we want to have to do differently in the future right yeah. it's but, not but wasted. But getting
3: stuck I'm, I'm just talking about getting stuck in the past yeah you know, yeah stuck in the yeah. stuck in the loop of of, of emotional flagellation of just mm-hmm. beating ourselves up because we're you know we did something wrong or somebody said we did something wrong or uh i, I mean I, I, I look, and we're really no humans are thing. really
1: good at that. We're humans are really good at that, right?
3: Yeah, speeding <laughs> yeah. ourselves up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's an old saying: says We, you know, our body lives through a storm once. Our mind can relive it over and over and over, over and over again." Um, right. And, and right. that depends on where we put our attention, right?
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So. So good, John. Um, can you tell our listeners how they can find out more about you and read all of your wonderful blogs? They're Really, they touch on so many important topics and, and your coaching and how they can reach out to you for some coaching because it sounds like you really do help people um, navigate some of these human issues that get
3: in our way. Thank you. Yeah, it's really simple. You go to beheregetthere.com and you get all the information about my coaching and all the links to my uh, blogs and podcasts and, and all of those different things. Um, are there beheregetthere.com? It's the name of my coaching practice.
1: Okay, wonderful. And I, you know, I will have that posted on my website. Post about this show later tonight, so people can just click on it. Um, thank you. later. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming back on and, and let's be in touch and, you know, you're always coming out with new things. So I'd love to have you back on again in the
3: future. Happy to be here, Mara, and Thank you for having me on uh, and, and bookending, you know, the end of, of 22 and the start of 23. I'm yeah. Really happy to be it's a
1: great, it's a great way to end the year and start the year. So and and happy New Year to you and you have a wonderful evening. Thank you. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. Um, don't go anywhere, we'll be right
2: back.
0: Dr. Mera's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpel and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Please visit us on the web at www.drmerrickharpell.com.
1: All right, and we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Merrick Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmerrickharpell.com. And now to sort of follow up with the discussion that we just had with good John Bergman, I want to start on the process of, of discussing steps to reset to create the life that you want. Um, I recently wrote a blog about it. It's on my website. You can find it there. It's also on Medium, Um, Seven Steps to Reset and Create the Life You Want in 2023. And I promise you it does not involve any resolutions. (laughs) So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then before we um, go on to the twins, I'm going to talk a little bit about caregiver issues, new normal um, of 2023, three years after the onset of COVID that has not gone anywhere. It's still with us. Um, So um, there are seven steps that I name in my blog, but of course, all of these can be broken down into subsets. And I want to start with the last step which is definitely broken down into three subsets and then from each of those three even more. And so I'm starting at the end and that is step number 7. And and really all of these seven steps are not in any order of priority. They're just random order. So it's not really the end. Um, because this one is really important, and that is get back to the basics. And we touched on that a bit in the discussion with Good John. And that is that along our path of trying to find um, a life of passion or living a life of passion, doing the things that we love to do, finding the... Enjoying the journey of finding the things that we love to do. If we don't take care of these three areas that I'm going to name, then we become unbalanced. And, you know, and this is going to happen. We frequently become unbalanced and then awareness is really important to bring us back into balance. So when, when we're feeling, when we are unbalanced, we If we are mindful and aware of how we're feeling, we will know that something is off balance. And then we have to look at ourselves and our behaviors and how we feel and figure out which of these three areas is off balance. Um, If we remain off balance, then following our path of passion, no matter how much we're enjoying it, even in the moment, it won't be sustainable. We're going to get exhausted. We're going to burn ourselves out. And um, we may even just give up. Even if we have found what we love to do. So these three areas consist of, number one, taking care of our body. And that is what Good John brought up, that that's an area that we need to be, as he put it hard on ourselves. We really need to hold ourselves to this. And if we get off track, that's okay. As I said, we're going to go off balance sometimes, but then we need to get ourselves back on balance rather than, as he said, rather than beating ourselves up about it and and, um, making it worse. We need to get back on balance. So this is really important in order to remain on the path of joy and or creating a path of joy, taking care of our body. We need to move our body. Our body wants to move. And, you know, whatever level of exercise is doable for you, whatever you're capable of, that is important for somebody who Cannot get up and walk or run or do or do even do yoga on the floor. That they, they need to be seated. There are plenty of physical exercises that can be done while sitting in a chair. There's chair yoga, chair exercise, just plain chair aerobics. Um, and then you know, with more ability, they're walking, swimming dancing, um, yoga, climbing, whatever, whatever feels right for you, whatever you're capable of. But our body needs to move, and it can't just be once in a while. It needs to be a regular activity. Another part of this number one issue of getting back to basics is um, eating well. We need to have a balanced diet. And I'm going to talk more about it on another program. I will be writing more about it. I've written blogs about it. I have a chapter in my book. But it's been a while. So I'm going to talk about what that means, eating well. We need to be mindful of what we are ingesting into our bodies, the food that we eat, the drinks that we drink. And getting enough sleep, getting enough if we don't um get enough sleep and we we burn the candle at both ends, we wear ourselves out, we burn out, we literally burn out, so what is enough, how to get enough sleep again, I will be talking about that on future programs. I'll be writing more about it. I have already written some some about it uh, um on my website, you can find some of the writing about it. But the sleep is essential. We can't make up sleep. We can't say, I'll, I'll catch up on sleep another day, another night. We, getting enough sleep is really the glue that holds everything together. So that's one area, getting back to basics of the three, taking care of our body. So One thing that you can set the intention for is deciding that you're going to do what you can do today to take care of your body, whether it's moving it, eating well, getting enough sleep, or all three. The second basic is reconnecting with other people and creating healthy relationships. Um, I think our need for healthy relationships and support systems have never been clearer um, than than the isolate than what has been caused by the isolation and um, due to the pandemic and our divisive politics, the political environment um it's caused people to um, lose friends not be able to get together with friends and to feel really alone. And before the um, the pandemic, before politics even got this divisive, the CDC had already declared isolation and isolation related depression to be a public health crisis. So, It's really important if we're going to live a path of passion to find ways to reconnect with other people, and whether that, if you know, whether that's virtual, it can still be done virtually if it's not safe to get together with people in person. But creating um, virtual connections um, and and or physical connections that are positive and supportive are extremely helpful on our journey. Um, Finding people that support your passion, that support the goals that you have in your life, the things that you feel excited about, um, people who are good role models for living a life of passion, that they are also following their dreams and their passions, very, very helpful to continue on our own path. Um, Finding people that don't criticize us or judge us for following our dreams, they may have um, suggestions for tweaking our path, but that's different than being judgmental. Um, that helps us to then not be so critical of ourselves. And then working on healing those relationships that might have gotten off track. Um, that's really important. I'm not saying to just dump the relationship if, it's, if it has become unhealthy, if there, this is an important person in your life. Then maybe working together on creating a healthier relationship or even seeing a therapist who can help you to create a healthier relationship with each other and developing new and healthier relationships, working to look for people who um, share the same values. And as I said, who are supportive. So that these are really crucial steps towards, Um, helping us through the fog that we may feel ourselves in toward living a life of passion. And the third area, a basic area of getting back to our um, life of passion is reconnecting with our inner selves. Um, Our relationship with ourselves is often the area that gets most off balance when we're following a path of passion. Um, we tend to criticize ourselves. And as Good John stated, um, we tend to be more critical of ourselves than we would be with a friend. So finding ways of taming our inner troll and practicing self-compassion, which again, I've written about, I've talked about here. You can check out um, my website for my blog on self-compassion. I will definitely be more about that in the future and there's some really great books on self-compassion and even um, workbooks by Dr. Kristen Knapp she is um, the expert in self-compassion and learning more about who we are and what's important to us maybe doing an exploration to figure out what what are our values what is important to us um, what do we want in our life? And, you know, meditation is part of that, being able to listen to our own heart's whisper, listen to our inner compass. So that's step number seven, to reset in 2023 um, to live a more joyful life. And I will continue with steps one through six in our next programs. But I also want to touch on a caregiver issue, and I'm just going to briefly talk about it in the short time that we have left, and we'll continue on a future program. I recently wrote another blog, um, which can be found on my website, about the, um, the issue of COVID and how we need to protect our elderly while at the same time finding ways to not, um, finding ways to mitigate the damage of isolation. So, you know, the COVID is, is still, still spiking and the vulnerable population seems to be mostly elderly people. Um, we're all we all need to be careful, but when um, a person, an elderly person with all these comorbidities, is living in an environment with other people, such as a nursing home, assisted living, independent living, when people are really on top of each other for meals and uh, around each other for activities. Um, COVID spreads pretty fast and it's still happening even with people being vaccinated and boosted, although the effects are much, much less. People are not dying or ending up in the hospital the way that they were way back before the vaccine um, was created. But some people do get very sick from it. So, um, Different states are um, mandating pretty strict guidelines when residents become when residents test positive or become sick from COVID to protect other residents from catching it and spreading it, and um, even to the point where residents who are on the same unit as somebody who tested positive has to isolate themselves in their room for 10 days and and this is something that you know i have found in in my experience of dealing with my mom who is in one of those nursing homes and um this she is currently in her second quarantine for due to being on the same unit as somebody who tested positive positive. For 10 days and discovering that I can't, that's uh, a rule that can't be changed, at least during a spike in transmission level. But the other part of this is finding a way that we need to put as much emphasis as we put on, especially now that people are not dying left and right, um, that it is much better than it was because of vaccines and treatment that we need to put as much emphasis on mental health because mental health issues do cause death and do cause exacerbation of other health issues. And um, in my experience of, of working in nursing homes for many of my 30 years as a psychologist, Um, mental health has always been um, the lowest priority. And that's not good for the residents. It's really not a a low priority because it really is a medical, it becomes a medical issue. And um, what I found from the CDC about this issue of quarantining residents in a nursing home facility Um, is the CDC states facility operators should balance the need for COVID-19 prevention with the impact from reducing access to daily services and programming. So balance is really, really important. Finding a way to create stimulation for residents, even if they have to be quarantined. And what can we do as family caregivers? We don't have that much power um, or we feel that we don't, especially when we run up against brick walls when we bring it up. But we do have some power. And one thing that I am learning in my journey, and I will continue to um, bring it up here as I learn more, Um here are a few things. First of all, um, many family members are afraid of, of, re, of retribution if they say something about something that they don't like in a facility. And retribution is real. It does happen when you complain about staff. I'm not going to say that doesn't happen, but when you complain to administration There isn't much they can do in retribution legally. The second pointer is to be polite, persistent, but polite, so that nobody could say that you were nasty. You were just asking questions. You were just advocating for your loved one. And I think it's really important to advocate for your loved one, because otherwise um, things get swept under the rug, even in the best of places. So those are some suggestions, and you can ask i was this was recommended to me, and it reminded me of something that I had done in the past, and so I've been using that more is to ask, hey, this, I'm confused about this. Can you explain it? What do you think about trying this, etc.? So I'm going to be talking more about this as I meet with other professionals in this area, in the area of public health, and the um, researchers on the mental health of the elderly during this ongoing pandemic and other experts and i will fill you in okay so on that note we're going to go to uh, a very passionate part of the world mexico and to bring us into that we hear art playing his music
2: so high now, shows a man where to fish. Watch me send it, he lies in his hammock, he just told how to live, and he knows how to live. Senoritas, they dance on that shoreline, making plans for that kiss, and they know how to kiss. They say that we're one hour behind, but the Señoritas, they keep us in time, That part BCT just blows through my mind. It takes me back to my place.
3: Punta Mita time.
1: Hola. Happy New Year, Ruben and Minerva. Happy New Year. So is everybody ready for 2023? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And you guys just had a birthday. Happy birthday.
4: Thank you. Thank you. Feliz
1: cumpleaños. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I'm glad that we are finally live again because we've had so many encore programs. Um, so where are you taking us today?
4: Um. We are going to do something different and tell people about places are in the Yucatan area. There are so many places that are mysterious and magical, and the first will be Costa Maya. All
1: right. Take us away.
4: Costa Maya is a small tourist region in the municipality of Oton Blanco in the state of Quintana Roo, Mexico, the only state bounded by this. Caribbean Sea to East East. This municipality is close to Chetumat, capital of the state on the border with Belize. The area was generally enveloped but has been growing rapidly in construction of a large pier to accommodate cruise ships. Maya is also the name of the subdivision near the village of Mahawal. The beach extends from Excalak in the south-southern border of Yankan in the north, a distance of approximately 100 kilometers. Costa Maya Port has a new and modern tourist shopping mall. The center has a central plaza with saltwater pools and swim mall style bars. There are several jewelry stores and many small shops selling souvenir items. It is generally open only to cruise ship passengers. Costa Maya has been developing since the 1980s and there are many places to shop, dine in puddles that are range from $40 to $102 all by the Caribbean.
1: Well that sounds great and we're looking forward to all the other places on the Yucatan Peninsula and to all the places you're going to take us in this new year. So, Stay safe, and until next time, adios.
4: You. Until next time. Adios.
2: All right. So
1: before we go off the air, let me let you know what's happening next week. Next week, Sunday, January 15th. Shante Jovan-Taylor, neuroscientist and founder of OptiMind Coach and Leader Training Institute, will tell us how to harness the power of our brain for a more passionate life. And I'll continue with the discussion of finding our way back to a path of passion. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from this program or listen to previous programs, Go to my website, drmaricarpel.com. You can also hear this evening's program as soon as in as soon as five minutes from right now by going directly to BlogTalkRadio, b l o g TalkRadio.com/slash Your Golden Years, and you can also hear it on Apple Podcasts in five minutes from now. And be sure to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Maricarpel, Your Golden Years, for upcoming shows and events. This show was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions and sponsored by amightygoodtime.com. Thank you to my guests, good John Bergman, Ruben, and Minerva in Bay of Bandatas. And thank you to Art. Thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring week. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Stay safe.
2: C'est le bon ton roulet, that is what they all say. C'est le bon ton roulet, that is what they all say. C'est le bon ton roule, that is what they all say. C'est le bon ton roule, that is what they all say, et toi. <coughs>
0: Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpel is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpel, her sponsor, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any information on this program.